You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Like, here's something that I've learned. This is something that I've begin, begun to practice. Is like, I don't touch other people's cell phones. <laughs> That's fair, right? Like, I don't touch other people's cell phones because there's a 99.9% chance that the person's phone goes with them to the restroom. Because I know that when I go to the bathroom, I bring my phone to the bathroom. <laughs> so, someone actually took my phone this morning, and I was laughing. Because I knew what I was going to start opening with. But so, 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 um, so, so uh, I, I typically uh, bring my phone with me to the restroom. Uh, you know, and so I remember the first time um, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom with my phone, and I'm swiping up with my thumb, right? They like that. They like that. <laughs> thank you. I can't see you, but thank you. Um, and so, like, I'm swiping up, but I think my, my swipe was a little too aggressive because I swiped it, and I saw the phone slow motion. Boom, boom. <laughs> Splash in the, ba- in the toilet. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever dropped your phone in the toilet. I see some hands. My God. Why does it feel like the end of the world is happening? Because it is. <laughs> like, like I, I saw it slow motion just fall into the toilet, and I'm, and I'm just like, I'm done. Like, what else is there? Like, there's life down the drain, literally. Down, and I'm, I'm just like I, like, I fish it out, right? I get it. Don't judge. And so I grab it, and, um, and, and, and so like, I'm like, man, maybe it still works. And so I'm trying to turn it on. It doesn't work. Okay. So then I start Googling. How many of you guys Google everything? I Google everything. Like, I feel like I could be a doctor because I know everything. Like, I'm, just, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm examining myself. And, you know, like, so anyways, so, so I'm Googling, like, what do you do if your phone gets wet? And so, like, there's a rice thing. You put it in rice. And so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> so I put it in the rice, and uh, you're right, it didn't work. It was just there, and, um, and I'm like, man. So I had to get a brand new phone, and phones are not cheap. And even with insurance, they're still not cheap. And like, insurance doesn't co- cover water damage anyways. That is neither here nor there. This is, just, this is literally a counseling session for me to, to work this out. But, but I dropped it. It's wet. It didn't work, and... I came to this conclusion that phones and water do not mix. Phones and water are incompatible. Like, they, they, they just don't go together. And you're probably thinking, duh, John, right? <laughs> but here's why I'm telling you this idea of how they're incompatible is because that's really what we're going to be talking about today is incompatibility, but we're going to use this word, the word conflict. So really for the next hour and a half, we're going to talk about conflict and (laughs) we're going to talk about conflict today, but so that we are all on the same page, I want us to all have the same definition of conflict. And this is the best definition that I can, I could find. We can throw it up on the screen. It says this conflict incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. 
So when I say conflict, that is the de- let's put that back up. When I say conflict, that is the definition. Boom. Thank you, Josh. That is the definition that I'm referring to. The incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. And so the reason that I want us to talk about uh, conflict this, this morning is because conflict is important to understand. It's important, it's important that I learn to identify conflict, but also it's important that I learn to respond to conflict correctly. Because how I respond to conflict, how I respond to conflict says a lot about who is in control of my life. I'll say that again. How I handle conflict says a lot about who is in control of my life. So we're going to talk about conflict in Acts chapter 4. In verse 1, we begin to see a little conflict take place. I love this because this is literally a continuation from what Jared talked about last week. So we're going to pick up Acts chapter 4 in verse 1. And it says this. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus... There is a resurrection of the dead. And so here's what's taking place. John and Peter and John, last week we learned that they just prayed for a crippled man and he was healed instantly. You guys remember that? And so all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, like look what they did. And a crowd began to surround Peter and John. And Peter, he he began to preach about Jesus. He, He began to preach, hey, this guy is only healed because of Jesus. Okay, so he's preaching Jesus, and all of a sudden we get into verse four or chapter four, excuse me, and um, the 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 Sadducees, the um, the temple guard, and and the priests, they 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 come to where Peter and John is to shut him up, to shut them up, and so here they are, they're, they're standing there, and this is a big deal. So we have the priests, the priests are the ones that administer the offerings, the sacrifices in the temp- temple. The, um, the captain is what would be considered like the chief of police. And then the Sadducees, Sadducees, um, they're like the privileged minor- minority of the time. So they're like, if you were in Britain, they would be like the royal family, right? So like, they're, they're, so like all these like power people, they come in and, 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 and they're listening to what to what uh, Peter and John are, are talking about. And really what's taking place is, is they begin to hear that John and Peter are talking about some other power and authority than what they're used to. And so, um, so it drew attention of the Sadducees, like this incompatibility, like in this middle, like there, there's this conflict that's taking place. There's this conflict of incompatibility that's taking place. And so here's the first thing I want you to know about conflict. As a believer, conflict is normal. As a believer, conflict is normal. As a believer, conflict is normal. Remember, uh, conflict is an incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. So what I want you to notice is this, that Peter and John, full of the Spirit, they're walking along doing walking full of the spirit of god in them and then all of a sudden they they are attacked 
verbally by another supreme power, by another authority, the Jewish authority. And, and so there, all of a sudden there became like this, this power struggle that's going on. And I've come to realize that, that as a believer, uh, there, there should always be some type of incompatibility in my life. Whether it's external with people or whether internal with myself. So let me explain. When, when I'm full of the spirit, when, 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 I am, when, when I say, Jesus, like take over, be the boss of my life. Scripture says that something inside of me changes. And so when that happens, there, like there should be this feeling of incompatibility with certain things that, that, I, that I'm addressed with in life. Does that make sense? Like there's certain things in my life that, 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 that I should feel an incompatibility towards, conflict towards, because it just doesn't resonate with the spirit of God who lives in me. And so there's this constant struggle. The apostle Paul said that he, he said that like he's constantly struggling, right? Like he does what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't do what he wants to do. How many of you guys can relate to that? And, and like there's this constant struggle conflict that has taken place and so we have to get to the uh, this understanding that the closer I become to God the more I'm going to feel like there's conflict taking place and again not conflict to be rude but conflict of something incompatible in my spirit like I think sometimes we live as believers or I'll just say myself I live as if there's that everything is compatible in my life, things I listen to, things I watch, words I use, things I think. Is that just me? Like there, there, there's things in my life that, that should become, there, there should cause some, con my spirit man, the spirit of God who lives in me should begin to just like cause a little bit of incompatibility with what I'm doing. And that's normal. It's actually a good thing. Like, if that's not happening, well, we should talk afterwards. <laughs> but this, this, this idea that conflict is normal, because kingdom culture will always be counterculture. Kingdom culture will always be counterculture. So let's keep reading verse 3. So they arrested them, they arrested Peter and John, and since it was already evening, they put them into they put him in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled totaled about five thousand people. Okay. So I love this because Peter and John, they face conflict, they're thrown into prison, and then the church grows by five thousand people. Isn't that phenomenal? And here's number two about conflict. My faith can grow in conflict. My faith can grow in conflict. Like when, when they were faced, when Peter and John were faced with conflict, they could have just said, you know, you know what, that's it. You're right. We'll stop. We won't talk about Jesus anymore. My bad. We're leaving. But they didn't. They stayed put. They, they, didn't, they didn't go against what what they were talking about like if I could respond correctly in conflict growth can happen and I think that's important like if I respond 
correctly in conflict. And so what we see in, in verse 4 is that growth occurs that if I can learn to not quit in the face of conflict. Because here's the deal. In conflict, my tendency is to want to give in or give up. Like when, when there's an incompatible uh, feeling going on, like sometimes I'm like, man, it's not even worth it. I don't even want to do this anymore. This is just too hard. Like I don't want to, I don't want to keep saying no to those parties. I don't want to keep saying no to that group of friends that keeps want, wanting me to go out. Oh, I don't want to keep saying no to my boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't want to keep saying no to that hookup, right? Come on. It's always weird how the more the message is relatable, the quieter everyone is. <laughs> I feel like I should just start talking about things that don't even matter. Because then everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> amen, pastor. Um, but my, my faith can grow in conflict. My, my faith can, like, if I can learn to just stand firm and not give in, conflict, I can grow. I, I love this because even the Apostle Paul writes this in Romans chapter 5. He writes this, that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, conflict. For we know that they help, watch this, that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So our confident hope in Jesus. And this and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God's growing you in moments of uncomfortableness, uncomfortability, if that's a word. God's growing you when you could stand firm in the conflict and not give in. He's growing you. He's growing you. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse 5, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Uh, and the nice, the high priest was there along with, uh, let's go with coffee. I'm just kidding. Um, see, Caiaphas, that's it. Caiaphas. I, it's funny because I was like rehearsing that word all night. I'm like, John, don't mess up. And guess what? Hello. Uh, thank you. Uh, John Alexander and other relatives of the high priest. So, so Peter and John, this is crazy, guys. Peter and John, they're standing in front of what is essentially the Senate in the Supreme Court of Jerusalem, over Jerusalem. So like all of a sudden, their trial was brought to the highest place. So like they're standing in front of like these power people. Verse 7, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? So once again, the power struggle is brought up. Once again, it's brought to our attention that this idea when he's like, whose name are you doing this by? Like the Supreme Court, the Senate, they want to know, hey, this is not us giving the authority. Who's giving the authority to you for this? Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? 
Do you want to know what he, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So the cornerstone is, is this, like for masonry work, it's like the foundation piece in masonry work. And wherever this, this, uh, this cornerstone is placed, everything else is built according to that cornerstone. And so in essence, uh, Peter is like, hey, what you thought was not important is the most important thing that you could have ever tapped into. Like what you thought was what was not worth it, like it's it's the it's the most worth thing ever. Like like he, he's, he's trying to bring to light this idea like you guys made a mistake. But he's also building this idea that that Jesus is the foundational piece of everything else. There is no salvation. This is verse 12. There's no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. Excuse me. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Uh, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Here's the third thing about conflict. Christ can be glorified in conflict. Christ can be glorified in contra con conflict. Because, because of how Peter carried himself in this moment of conflict, these powerful people that were there to, to, to judge him, they, they realized, they came to this conclusion. They said this, these men have been with Jesus. Think about that. Like in the middle of conflict, in the middle of like these powerful people, like they're, they're, they're not down for the, for the, uh, the power struggle of, of Jesus. Like they, they, they tried to kill him, y'all. That's how much they were threatened by this, this idea. And, and, and so, so in the middle of this conflict, they come to this conclusion, this realization. They're like, man, these people have walked with Jesus. I began thinking about that. Like, I wonder when I'm facing conflict, if people look at me and they say, wow, he's been with Jesus. Like, how do people respond? How do people look at me when, when, I'm, when I'm going through conflict? When I'm faced with conflict, when I'm faced with incompatibility, See, because how I carry myself communicates who I've been around. How I carry myself communicates who I've been around. My wife, she used to work at Starbucks. And, uh, like, she would do her eight-hour shifts at Starbucks. And, and, um, and even if she got out of work and she changed, when she came home, I would give her a hug. And I'm like, hey, babe, good to see you. Like, you, you've been at work all day, huh? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Why? Because, like, 
who you're around, it, 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 it carries on you. Like, like who, who, like how I carry myself, it, it, it's determined by who I've been around. Like the, the more that I'm around Jesus, the more I, I begin to look like him. The, the more people will be able to re recognize, man, like, hey, look how he's handling himself in that conflict. Wow, he's, wow, he's not going crazy. And guys, I get this wrong 80% of the time, so don't trip, okay? Like, it, this is a work in progress. But, but like, I've come to this, like, this place in life where I'm, I'm like, man, I have to learn to get this right. I have to learn how to carry myself in conflict because people are watching. Not only are people watching, but they're waiting for you to fail. Especially as a Christian. They're waiting for me to fail. They're waiting for you to fail. They're waiting for you and me to give them a reason to say, ha, see, that's why I don't believe in Jesus. That's why I don't go to church. That's why I don't read my Bible. That's why I walked away from Christianity. do I carry myself in conflict? How do I carry myself? Because how I com carry myself communicates who I've been around. Because people are watching. So this power group is confusing. We can have the keys come up because I'm, I'm done. This power group, they're so confused about what to do, right? So, so Peter, he gives this message. Then, then the Senate, the Supreme Court, they're like, all right, guys, if you can just leave, we're going to discuss what we're going to do. And while Peter and John are outside, the Supreme Court, the Senate, they're, they're, they're talking back and forth. And they're confused because they don't know what to do. They, they don't know how to handle Peter and John. And so they, they, they come to this conclusion like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll call them back in. We'll threaten them to stop. And then we'll just see what happens. So they call Peter and John in. They, they come into the room. And they threaten, they threaten Peter and John. Like, hey, you need to stop. You need to stop talking about this Jesus guy. It's ruining. Like, people are starting to drift away from, from this over here. And, and they're, they're drifting over to, uh, to, to this guy, Jesus. You guys need to stop. At one point, Peter says, why should I stop? Is it better that I obey you than God? So they threaten Peter and John, and then they let them go. So Peter and John, they go back to where all the other believers are at, and they begin to tell them, guys, you would not believe what just happened. Uh, we, we, just, we just were tried in front of the Senate, the Supreme Court, about what we did. And they told us, guys, they told us that we couldn't do this anymore. They told us that we could not tell people about Jesus otherwise we're going to be in trouble and something happened because 
in that moment, all those believers that were there, they began to be fearful. They, they became afraid. They, they began to worry. I don't know about you, but there's times when I'm in the midst of conflict where I just start getting a little bit overwhelmed. I become a little bit stressed. A little bit of anxiousness takes place. I don't know what to do because it's conflict. I can't sleep at night. My melatonin is not working. <laughs> if I take one more, that might be an overdose, right? Like, by the way, they don't work for me. I'm lying in bed. lying in bed, so heavy, so fearful, and I feel like I feel like what I should say is, don't be afraid. side of each and every one of our heart and life. So fear is a real thing. But we don't have to give in to it. We don't have to give in to, to that rest, restlessness, that anxiousness that comes with this fear. And so here's Peter and John. They get back. They're like, hey guys, we got to shut down shop. I don't know if they said that. They probably didn't. Peter's kind of crazy, so he's probably like, let's go. <laughs> but he tells him what the, this court said, and, and the people in there, they became afraid. And I love that because the people that actually walked with Jesus, they were afraid. So if someone who walked with Jesus was afraid, well, then that gives me a, a pass to know that I can be afraid too. But I don't have to hold on to that fear. And so he, here's what they say. So they were scared, and here's what they did in their fear. They prayed. And, and so this is verse 29. This is towards the, the end part of their prayer. And I think it's so powerful. This is a prayer. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. And number four, this is my last point. Prayer is needed in conflict. Prayer is needed in conflict. 
conflict's natural tendency for you and for me is to keep me stagnant because of fear or cause me to fall back because of failure. And so when that's the natural tendency of conflict to keep me stagnant or to keep me backsliding, I need something that pushes me forward. I need something that propels me forward. And what they're modeling here is this idea that when they were fearful, rather than giving in, they prayed. Rather than staying stagnant, they prayed. Rather than falling back, they prayed. I got to get to this place where I learn that if I'm going to make it through conflict, if I'm going to grow in the midst of conflict, man, I got to learn to pray. I got to pray it forward. I got to keep praying and believing in faith. God, this is what you have for me. You called me to do this. God, you, you created your spirit to dwell inside of me. So conflict is natural. Now, God, give me strength to say no. Give me strength to not give in. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is needed in conflict. I actually believe it's only in prayer that conflict, that you can grow in conflict. Come on, I need to learn to pray. Shameless plug. We are committing this to be a house of prayer. And I actually think that there's something. As we were getting off stage, I leaned over to Leilani and I was like, hey, we just went to another level. There's something about prayer. grabs God's attention. And so, Wednesday nights, from now until when Jesus comes, <laughs> from 6 to 6.45, all we're going to do is pray. We're going to contend for our city. There'll be a time of worship contend for a city and then there'll be an opportunity for you to receive prayer and we're, we're, this is really this is really going to be like what I would consider a believer's meeting so our Sunday is like we want you to bring everyone people that don't know Jesus, people of a different a different religion, bring them in here we're going to love on, you don't have to believe to belong, you come as you are but on Wednesday nights man we're just, we're just going to go at it and so I invite you to come because if you're going through conflict, you need prayer. You don't need prayer by yourself. It's good. It's great. It's a start. But you need people raging war with you. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.